here at Bridge Builders Church International. Man, I want to thank God for you and thank you for tuning in today. I'm excited. We uh, just had our, our morning service, and we're coming to you live for our live broadcast. Praise God. Our praise team, man, did a wonderful job with our Christmas celebration, Christmas music. And I wanted you guys to know that we'll be live on Christmas Day at 10 o'clock a.m. for a live presentation, a virtual presentation of our Christmas service, man. It'll be a powerful time in the Lord, powerful time in the Lord. And I look forward to seeing you there as well. So you guys, as you're coming in this morning, like, share, and invite. And let's prepare ourselves for all that God has in store for us today. I thank God for you. And uh, I just believe that God's best is coming to pass for you. We're coming to the end of 2020. And I just believe that 2020 is a year of great clarity, supernatural increase. And I declare that the power of God will be there to give you clarity concerning his will for your life. In Jesus' name. Let us pray, man, and let's jump right into today's message. And uh, I don't want to keep you long this morning, but I do want you to understand some things that I believe will be critical for your life. Number one, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the power of God and the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you liberty to move, to minister today, and, and we thank you, Lord, that your anointing removes every burden, destroys every yoke, and we declare that the power of God is available for us. Lord, I thank you for miracle signs and wonders manifesting. I thank you for the power of God being made available in the Word, connect, making a connection in our lives that can never be destroyed. So, Father, do as only you can do today. Bless your people, and it's in Jesus' name that I pray, and all that agree with it, shout amen. Praise God, and again, welcome to our Sunday morning services. Those of you that are coming in, like, share, and invite, man, and just be a blessing to somebody that they uh, might see the glory of God in you. And uh, again, we're ministering today from our series that we've entitled Living from the Inside Out. Living from the Inside Out. And this is our third and final uh, passage or message concerning this. And I want to just give you a quick understanding of where we've been, what we've talked about, and then we'll deal with our subject for today. Uh, but one, one of the things that we started out talking about was establishing two truths for our lives. Two. One is found in uh, Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, and that is that the kingdom of God dwells on the inside of you. Jesus said you're not going to be able to say low here, low there. Why? For the kingdom of God is within you. When you talk about the kingdom of God being within you, you're talking about the realm of God, the reality of God. You're talking about the power of God. You're talking about the government of God. All of that now dwells on the inside of you. And then our second truth is this, uh, found in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23. And literally, verse 23 through 31 talks about how Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the earnest expectation of good showing up in your life the goodness of God manifesting for you. And when you understand these two truths, man, it, it begins to make a vital difference in your everyday life. You think about the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, and it says that if 
any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things now become new. That is such a prolific scripture that we all need to gain clear understanding of because it means so much. It just literally speaks to us being born again. It speaks to us getting saved or entering into our salvation. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, my God, there's so much that dwells on the inside of you from that point forward. Christ himself, the Holy Ghost, all of that is prevalent in your everyday life. And so you don't have to worry about where you've been. All you're concerned with now is where God wants to take you. And so understanding those things has made a big difference in our lives, that everything we need in life already dwells on the inside. So that means we don't have to look to the world to meet our needs. We don't have to go outside of ourselves uh, to get our, our, our needs met or our promises fulfilled. We realize that the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. And as long as Christ is in us, then those promises belong unto us as well. And then secondly, we learned about the life of Jesus operating as the Christ. You know, there, there's, a, there's a difference in being anointed and then operating in the fullness of that anointing. I love the Bible in Ephesians chapter 4. It, it talks about, you know, the fivefold ministry gifts and the purpose of them, and that is to, you know, help prepare and train the, the saints and get the saints prepared and ready to go do the work of the ministry till we all come into the fullness of the anointing of God the fullness of Christ for our lives. And man, I'm telling you, what a joyous time that'll be when you and I are operating in the fullness of God's plan and purpose for our lives. But we saw Jesus now. We studied the life of Jesus and the process that he went through to get to a place where he could operate freely in the anointing that he was born in. You know, the Bible in Luke 2 says he was born Christ the Lord. So he was born anointed. He was born with the ability. But how many of you know he needed to mature and develop and grow to be able to understand how to flow in that anointing that was upon his life? And so when you looked at his life, there are some things that are very prevalent. Number one, Jesus understood through example and through life, he understood the value of submission to authority. I said it, submission to authority. Then he also understood the value of the word of God because his life was a life that was filled with him gaining knowledge and understanding of the word. Being filled with the word prepared him when he was tempted and tested of the enemy. He responded with what was on the inside of him, and that is the word of God. And last but not least, when we looked at the life of Jesus Christ, we understand that he could not do any mighty works without the power of the Holy Ghost being right there with him. It was only after his baptism and after the Holy Ghost got upon him that he was able to preach the gospel, to lay hands on the sick, to raise the dead, and to do all of the great miracles that we read about in the Bible. I'm telling you, folks, when you think about the life and the process of Jesus Christ, it was one 
that matured him and developed him. From the age of 12 until the age of 30, praise God, we saw Jesus being submitted to authority, being filled with the word of God, and finally, we saw the anointing of God come upon him as a result of the Holy Ghost. And that same thing is available unto us. And that same thing is what I'm encouraging you and I to do. Because once you get born again, how many know life doesn't, it doesn't stop at being born again. Life simply begins at the born again experience. And we're wanting you to live life. But I want you to live life from the inside out instead of from the outside in. Why? Because everything you need is in you. And if you'll live based on what's in you, how many of you know you'll never have to depend on the world system to meet your needs? As a matter of fact, you ought to declare today, my needs are met and I'm totally, completely out of debt, praise God. And so as you're looking to that, realize this, that everything in you is for you. That's, a, that's another truth that I need you to understand. Everything in you, I'm talking about uh, the anointing of God, the favor of God, everything in you is for you. It's for you to be healed, for you to be delivered. It, it, it's for you to uh, prosper. God wants all of that to happen for you. That's why he put it in you. And then not only that, but righteousness, sanctification, redemption, it's also the love of God that's been shed abroad in each of our hearts, the joy of the Lord that has been provided unto us through understanding of the word, and the peace of God that Jesus left for us. All of that belongs to us, and it already dwells on the inside. So if it dwells on the inside, then you and I need to tap into what's already in us in order to see the fullness of God manifest in our lives. Now, I don't believe that God deposited all of this on the inside of us through Jesus Christ for us just to have it for ourselves. I believe that God wanted us to become alive unto him and to spread or dispense the goodness of God that's in us onto the lives of others. But in order for that to happen, just like Jesus, we need the anointing that's in us. We need it to get upon us so that others can partake of it, that others can receive from, and that we'll be able to reach out and be a blessing in the lives of others. And so I trust that you're thinking in the same way. Well, how do I get this anointing that's in me? How do I get all of this power that's in me? How do I get it upon me? How do I, I see the fullness of God manifest in my life? Well, number one, is by spending time in his presence. There's nothing like spending time in the presence of God. The Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. I'm telling you in the presence of God, you have all that you need. In his presence, man, he begins to reveal to you. He begins to show you things that you know not of. He begins to talk to you, to reassure you, encourage you. Why? Because that's what happens in his presence. And when that begins to happen, the anointing in you can get upon you and you can go out and do great exploits. I believe also in something called godly encounters. Godly encounters. I'm telling you, when you encounter God like, like Paul did on that Damascus road, like I did in that garage, like maybe you did wherever you were when you had your God encounter. 
But if you hadn't had one, I declare in the name of Jesus that that is something that soon happens in your life, that you have a divine encounter with God that begins to get that anointing on you, praise God. How many of you know you got to be close to God for him to smear upon you, to rub on you? And the closer you get to him, the closer he gets to you. He says, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you, praise God. God is not running away from you. He's wanting to be close to you. But it's our desire to be in his presence that will bring us <clears throat> to another level of operating in the anointing that's within us. And then last but not least, praying in the Holy Ghost. We talked about this, the power of the tongue and praying in the Holy Ghost, using your tongue as a bucket to dip down into the well of your spirit and pull out those things that you need in life and see the reality of it, the manifestation of it in your everyday encounters, praise God. I'm telling you, folks, praying in the Holy Ghost will strengthen you. Praying in the Holy Ghost will reveal things to you. And as God begins to reveal and you begin to know, now you can pursue and do all that God has called you unto. See, I, I think about Paul, and uh, let's turn there, Galatians. Let's look at Galatians this morning, Galatians chapter 1. Uh, I, I like Paul, and uh, I look at his life here. Paul, in Galatians chapter 1, was equipped and fit to do all that God had called him unto. You remember, uh, his name was Saul at one time until he had, what, a divine encounter. That old Damascus Road experience, praise God, changed his life forever. And I'm praying that that be the case for you, that you have an encounter that will change your life forever. Look what Paul says here. He says in verse 1 of Galatians 1, uh, verse 11, ver uh, I apologize, uh, Galatians 1, verse 11. Paul says this, he says, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul has spent time in the presence of God, and he got a revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, even in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when you see Paul talking about communion, how many know he wasn't at the Last Supper? He wasn't at that meal. He got an understanding of, of communion by revelation from God. And the Bible says in verse 15, but when it pleased God who separated me, Paul realized he had been sanctified and set aside for a great work in God even before he came forth out of his mother's womb. And I want you to know that as well, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And regardless of where you are, I believe God is wanting to work in you and work out of you everything that he's called you unto. He says, he separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. It was as a result of God's love and mercy and favor that Paul was even called to do what? Verse 16, to reveal his son in me. That's what Paul said, that I might preach him among the heathens. And immediately he said, I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. Paul was saying, I spent time in the presence of God, and I got the anointing that was now in me, I got it upon me, so that I could preach to the heathens, that I could preach to the Gentiles, that I could eventually even preach to the Jews, 
Jesus as the Christ, the Son of a living God, the Savior of the whole world, who had come to hang, bleed, and die, that you and I would be remitted of our sins, have contact or fellowship with God again, and be able to fulfill the will of God for our lives. And this brings me to a point this morning because I believe all that we've learned in this series and the things that I've just mentioned are all culminating to a place of understanding the will of God for your life. Not just knowing it, but pursuing it and ultimately fulfilling the will of God. I like what the Bible said about David, and even though David went through many tests and trials like everyone else, David was a man that the Bible says in Acts 13 was a man after God's own heart who would fulfill the whole will of God. You know, some people will do a portion of what God had called them to do. Some, you know, almost make it. But the Bible says that David was a man that would fulfill the whole will of God for his life. And I want you to know that that is so powerful. Uh, Paul prayed this in Colossians chapter 1, uh, verses 9 through 12. One of my favorite scriptures as of late. And the Bible says Paul after he heard that they had gotten born again and started <clears throat> showing the love of God one to another, Paul said his prayer for them was that they would receive the will of God in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? So that they could begin to pursue it. He said that you could walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every endeavor, being strengthened with might. I mean, I mean, telling, you know, accomplishing everything that God had called you to accomplish and then ultimately walking into the inheritance that God had for you. See, I believe everything culminates to knowing, pursuing, and fulfilling the will of God. And I, I, I believe God is saying that we need to do that, not trying to live from the outside in, but living from the inside out, recognizing what's in us and recognizing how to get what's in us on us so that we could be a blessing in the lives of others. He told Abraham, I want you to be blessed to be a blessing. So I already declare, you're blessed today. And I declare with the blessing comes the favor of God, opportunities to open doors for you that will lead to great prosperity and increase and influence and all of that. I believe that is the will of God for your life, praise God. And I'm declaring it and praying it over your lives this morning. Lift your hands up right where you are. Father, I thank you, unless you're driving, hold on to the steering wheel. But I'm declaring over your life that you know the will of God. Hey, glory, that God begins to reveal with clarity his plan, his purpose, and the will of God for your life. And as you begin to hear and you begin to see and get vision, praise God, I declare that God will strengthen you to carry it out. And I declare that done in Jesus' mighty name. Praise God. So you, you understand that it's getting down to that. Knowing, pursuing, and fulfilling. Now, here's what I want to talk about this morning, just for a few moments, is the timing of God. Because even though we may be living from the inside out, maybe we've gotten to a point where we recognize all that's in us, and we know God has something special for us, you know, you got to understand the timing of God. When to step into, when to do a certain thing. <clears throat> and so I'm saying to you, knowing, pursuing, and fulfilling the will of God is going to be the key to your success in life. Look at a couple of scriptures. Hebrews chapter 6. 
Let's look at it. Hebrews chapter 6 real quick. I don't have long with you this morning. I want you to get this and, and I want you to run with it. Amen. But look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. Hebrews 6 and verse 10. The Bible says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. In other words, don't you ever give up on God because God will never give up on you. He says in verse 12 that you be not slothful. Don't be lazy. Don't be a sluggard. But be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Man, I want you to realize that if we're talking about you know, knowing, pursuing, and, and, and fulfilling the will of God, you're going to have to mix faith and patience together. Faith and patience will work together to get you to the full result of what God has called you to do. When you look at uh, 1 Peter, go there, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. And here in 1 Peter chapter 5, look at verse 6. The Bible says here in verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself. Humility is always going to be a key to exaltation in your life. The Bible says humble yourself because humiliation is what happens when someone else has to humble you. So he says humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may, what, exalt you in due time. The timing of God is so critical. Many people are anointed, but because they don't understand the timing of God, they may step out premature to try to fulfill something that they haven't been totally equipped to get done. Now, you may have the equipment, you may be, but how many of you know Jesus himself was born the anointed one, but he had to learn how to operate and function in the very anointing that he was born with. And just think about it. You may not have been born with yours. You were born again, and when you got it, and if you think about it, if you wasn't, you were 30 or 40 when you got born again, <clears throat> how many of you know, uh, praise God, that you still need some development to understand how to flow in that anointing, praise God. And so I believe that timing is critical to step into all that God has called you to. I'm not saying you're not anointed. The Bible already says the moment you get born again, the anointing dwells on the inside of you. I'm not telling you you don't have the ability, but I'm telling you that the timing of God is critical. You may be totally prepared, equipped, and ready to go, but God is like an air traffic controller. It's not just about you being ready, but it's about others being ready to receive whatever gift, calling, or anointing that God has upon your life. And let me say this to you this morning. I don't want you to think every time you hear the will of God, the plan of God, that it, it's only talking about church or it's only talking about ministry. There are so many spheres of life where people need the anointing to operate as a politician, as, as, a, as a family person, as a businessman, you know, in sports and entertainment, arts, you know, wherever you may be in life, you need the anointing to be successful. You need the Holy Ghost. 
And so I don't want you to just hear church. Church is a place where everybody comes to hear and to receive and go out and, 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 and operate, praise God. But everybody is not going to be a pastor or a preacher or a teacher or stand behind a podium. That's not the will of God for everyone, praise God. Find out, discover the will of God for your life and, and operate and flow in that, praise God. Let's look at, let's look at Jesus. Jesus, at 12 years old, praise God, stepped out to do the will of God. He even told his mama, don't you know I got to be about my father's business? But you got to see that this is, a, this is a special mom. I believe she snatched him up and said, boy, you're going to be by my side until the fullness of God's timing for your life to be released into the earth is, is, is upon you. He said what? He learned what it meant to be submitted to authority, to humble himself under the mighty hand of God and wait on the timing of God. And it was now 30 when Jesus was baptized, and it was 18 years later that he now is fully equipped to go and operate in the anointing which he was born with. And I'm telling you, sometimes it's going to take faith and patience. It's going to be time for you to develop and grow and learn so that you'll be complete and entire and wanting nothing. Not getting to the place where God has defined, uh, designed for you to be and you not be prepared. I believe it's always better to be prepared and not have an opportunity than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. And I'm telling you today, I don't believe that there's a time of preparation where you won't have an opportunity. That's what the favor of God is for, is to open those doors for you. The favor of God is upon you to make sure that, that people uh, are there waiting to show you that great favor, man, and give you opportunities to step into the fullness of God for your life. So Jesus, at age 12, wanted to step out prematurely and do the will of God. And even though he was anointed, the timing of God was not yet. It was 18 years later, folks that we see him now led by the Holy Ghost into the wilderness. We see him anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind and declare that this was a year, the free favor of God flowing profusely in the lives of God's people. And I declare that that favor is yours. I know you are equipped. I know you are anointed. I know you got the gift. But I'm telling you, folks, you got to understand the timing of God for everything. Not only was it in the life of Jesus, but think about David. David, at 15 years of age, is anointed to be king over Israel by the prophet Samuel. I'm talking about the oil didn't pour for any of his brothers. But when the oil got to David, the oil began to pour, praise God. And he was anointed king over Israel. And I'm telling you, folks, when that oil poured upon his life, man, everybody understood. He was equipped and ready to go do the will of God. But if you think about David's life, David, after getting anointed, went right back to keeping the sheep. David understood that the timing of God was not yet. He even went to Saul's house and served Saul. And then only when his father sent him did he go to the battle. And we understand that he killed Goliath. But how I many you know David still wasn't operating as a king? It was only when David himself began to be 30 years of age, just like Jesus, 30 years of age, he now steps into the office as king. 
You know what David had to learn? How to honor and love and respect someone that was an authority in his life. He had to learn how to respect them and love them and protect them even from themselves in the midst of him trying to kill him. You can't even handle a boss talking, talking loud to you. You can't handle a boss treating you harsh. But yet you anointed to step out and do the will of God for your life. This man was trying to kill David, but David yet honored him. And David had a man kill who killed Saul. Because you don't ever touch the anointing. Touch not my anointing and do my prophets no harm. And once he was anointed, how many know David respected him in that anointing? But David had a lot to learn. David was a, uh, a man about many things, but David learned a lot before and after he became king over Israel. And I'm telling you, it's the timing of God that was so perfect for Jesus' life, for David's life. And even you think about Joseph. At 17 years of age, he has a full understanding of God's plan for his life. He knows that one day he's going to be large and in charge, and his mama and his daddy and all of his brothers are going to bow the knee to him. But how many know there's a lot of humility that has to take place? David goes from the pit to Potiphar's house to prison before he becomes second in charge in all of Egypt. And David, I mean, Joseph now is responsible for bringing the children of Israel into Egypt. Moses was responsible for bringing them out, and Joshua was responsible for taking them over. And you need somebody, you know, all three of those people in your life, and you need to know where you are. Do you know the will of God? You know what I did in our morning service? I had everybody lift their hand, and I prayed and, and declared that God would reveal over the next 12 days, praise God, God would reveal his will for your life. If you'll take the next few days, the next 12 days, and pray and fast, next, take the next few days and get in the Word and practice the presence of God, I declare over your life that you will begin to know the will of God for your life in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? So that the process can begin, the process of, of being developed, growing, maturing, humbling yourselves, Understanding it's the move of God, the plan of God. It's not of works, it's by faith. It's not of works, it's by his spirit. It's not of power, your power is his power. It's not your will, but his will. A lot that we have to learn in order to ultimately fulfill the will of God. And I want you to know that this timing is so critical because if you step out prematurely, you have the potential to hinder not only your life, but the lives of many, those that will listen to you. Man, I'm telling you, you cannot put yourself in a position where you're destroying lives because you're out of the will of God for yours. Now, I'll leave you with this this morning. Moses, and let's, let's go there, Exodus chapter, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Let's look at the life of Moses. Because both or all three, Jesus, David, and Joseph, whether they got it at 12, 15, or 17, they all were 30 years of age when God released them into the fullness of everything that he had called them to do. And when they were ripe and ready, they were fruit to be picked, and they did a wonderful job in all that God had called them unto. But let's look at Moses and look at some of the dangers now of stepping out prematurely to do the will of God for your life. Timing is everything. 
and I, even before I show you this, I'll just say this, that when you have good counsel around you, it's a good opportunity to take advantage of that counsel when you think God is calling you to step into something. Before you step out, I said, before you step out, check with your sound counsel. I know it always requires faith and courage and umpire peace and it'll line up with the word, but make sure you get counsel because that's your second, uh, that's your second check to make sure this is the will of God for your life. But let's look at Moses, uh, Moses here in, in Genesis chapter, chapter three. Um, well, not, not Genesis, Exodus, I apologize. I even turned to Genesis, but Exodus chapter three. And um, it actually starts in Exodus chapter two. You know, when Moses, the Bible says, you know, he was born in a, a Hebrew, but he was raised an Egyptian. We understand that was a, a plan of God, a move of God. And the Bible in verse 11 in chapter two says this. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, you got to think about it. Moses is 40 years old. And he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian who was smiting or beating an, a Hebrew, one of his brothers. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Man, Moses has stepped out, I believe, to do what he in, in, innately believe was a part of God's plan for his life. You know, God hadn't spoken to him as of yet about him being the deliverer of the children of Israel. But I believe Moses was tapping into what God had done, like he said in, in Jeremiah chapter 1. He says, before you came forth out of your mother's womb, I knew you. I had an intimate conversation with you, an intimate relationship, and I'd already revealed unto you what you would be doing when you got the earth. <clears throat> and so I believe Moses tapped into what God had revealed unto him and really stepped out prematurely to accomplish it or to fulfill it, not being thoroughly prepared. But the Bible says in uh, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1, Now Moses kept the flock of Jephthah, his father-in-law, and the priest of the Midian, and he led the flocks of the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God under Horeb. Now, how in the world did Moses get from Egypt over to Horeb. You know why? Because he's running from Pharaoh who now wants to kill him because he's killed an Egyptian. And the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Can you imagine watching this bush and it's just still, it's on fire, but it's not burning up? Moses said, I'll go turn aside and see this great sight. You know what the Bible reads here. It talks about how that God said, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. And he did. And in verse 6, he says, moreover, he said, I am the God of the fa thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And the Bible says, and Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. One of the things that I'll say to you is that when you step out prematurely, it'll sometimes cause you to be fearful when God shows up with the, with the time, in the timing of God to give you instruction on what he called you to do. He was afraid. Fear now has set in. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. You think about it. 
the stepping out prematurely caused Moses to run, it caused Moses to hide, and it caused Moses to be in a place of fear. I don't want you to step out prematurely and allow these spirits to jump on your life because those things will hinder you later on when God does have the right timing. And God finally tells him all that he's called him to do. And he says in verse 10, Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses has clearly heard the voice of God for himself. He knows exactly the plan of God for his life. But how many know there's still a process of pursuing, growing, developing, to ultimately see the fullness of it? Well, look at some of the results of him stepping out prematurely. When you look at uh, verse 11, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Not only has he run and hid and full of fear, but now he's lost his confidence. Now he doesn't understand his identity. He doesn't recognize who he is. You think about it. When he was 40, he was bold. Now it's 40 years later. Moses is 80 years old and ready to step into the will of God for his life. But now he's, he's kind of gun shy. He said, well, who am I going to tell him to send me? He said, tell him I am sent you. Well, who's going to go with me? Well, send Aaron with you, praise God. What other excuses you got? Well, I don't talk well. Well, just open your mouth. I'll speak through you. Moses now is having issues. I think a lot of it is because of what happened when he stepped out prematurely. I want you to understand the will of God, but I also need you to understand the timing of God for that which he has called you to do. And I don't say that trying to hold you back. I say that making sure that when you do step out, you're like what the Bible says in James, complete, entire, and wanting nothing, praise God. Complete, entire, and wanting nothing. Look at his lack of confidence even here in chapter 4 and verse 1. Moses answered and said unto the Lord, Behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto me. And God has to continually minister to Moses to reassure him of everything that he had called him unto and that it all would come to pass. And you realize that Moses, again, was responsible for bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, and ultimately they were headed to the promised land. Moses was not able to fulfill. Uh, he fulfilled the will of God for his life by bringing them out but he didn't get a chance to experience what it was like to go in. But it was Joshua who served Moses that was able to take the children of Israel over. But my point to you is that when you step out prematurely, you'll run, you'll hide, you'll be full of fear, you'll lack confidence, you'll not have your identity, you won't even believe in your own self. How many more can believe in you? But God encouraged him and strengthened him through his word, through his promises. And Abraham was able to gather himself and go and fulfill the will of God for his life. So I want you to know you can start at an early age knowing in many cases it may be 40 or it may be 80. But I like what Caleb said. I was, great. I was stronger at 80 than I was at 40. 
and Moses, I believe, was the same way. He was equipped, thoroughly furnished, and prepared. But more than anything, it was the timing of God for the children of Israel to come out of Egypt. And even though they were stiff-necked, hard-headed, had been ingrained with religion, ingrained with a bunch of drama, Moses was still the one to bring them out. And you just got to understand the call of God for your life and not try to compete, compare, complain, but just be all right with who God has called you to be, what he's called you to do, and don't try to do something that God calls somebody else to accomplish. Man, I pray that this is blessing you today. I have one additional bonus thing that I'd like to say to you this morning, and that is this, that as you are coming into the knowledge of God's will for your life, and as you begin to pursue the will of God, and realize it's not by power nor by might, but by his spirit that things will happen. I want you to realize submission to authority and obedience to the will of God and I want you to understand how important the power of the Word and the Holy Ghost, all of those things are for you. But more than anything, I want you to understand not just the timing of God, but also priority order. I've shown, I've shown this to you many times in, 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 in times past, that there are seven keys or seven priorities to success in life. Number one is your relationship with God. Number two is your spouse. Number three your, chi your child or your children. Number four is the call of God for your life, which is what we've been talking about, knowing, pursuing, and fulfilling the plan of God, the call of God for your life. That's the fourth priority. And then you have number five is your job, number six is others, and number seven is yourself. Because you don't want to be selfish, you want to make sure you're selfless. You put God first, and God will make sure you're never last. But here's the point that I wanted to make, that as you are coming into the knowledge, pursuing, and ultimately looking to fulfill the will of God, never, and I say it again, never put the will of God above your relationship with God. Never put the will of God above your spouse or your children. I've seen it happen so many times where and especially in the life of preachers, they get so enthroned and, 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 and entangled with doing the work of the ministry that they neglect relationship with God, relationship with, with their spouse, and also potentially relationship with their children. And I don't want you to be out of order. The Bible says let everything be decent, done decently, and in order. The order of God is what I've described to you. God, your mate your children, the call of God, your job. And listen to this. Your job is there to undergird and to support your relationship, your spouse, and your children. Through your, your relationships with God, your spouse, and your children. Undergirding that is your job. So let me say this to you. Don't quit your job trying to pursue the will of God if you hadn't heard directly from God about quitting your job. Now, God told me, quit your job, sell out, follow the man of God, blah, 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 blah. And it all worked out for me because what? I heard the voice of God. If you hadn't heard that, don't be foolish or presumptuous and think that, well, if he did it, I can do it as well. No, no, it doesn't work that way. You have to hear God for your life because in many cases, your job will support 
the vision that God has given you. It'll support your children, your wife, as well as your relationship with God. And so you don't want to put pressure on whatever God may call you to, to try to take care of you. You take care of it until it can take care of you. Do you hear me? And that may mean you holding down a job until you see it able to take care of yourself. I'm helping somebody. But more than anything, don't put it before your wife and your children because I've seen that mistake happen. Children become bitter and almost to a point of, I don't even want nothing to do with God because God robbed me of my whole childhood and a relationship with my father or a relationship with my mother. And I'm telling you, bitterness can set in to a spouse who think that they now are second fiddle to whatever it is God has called you, whether it's a business, whether it's politics or ministry. I'm telling you, folks, don't allow the order to get jacked up. Stay in divine order and make sure that the call of God never competes with your relationship with God, your wife, or, or your spouse, or your children because you want them to be complete and whole as you go through the process and as you fulfill the will of God. I think you'll have more opportunities for them to follow suit maybe in what God has called you to do because I believe it goes down generations, praise God. And if they do, praise God, if God has something else for them, that's fine as well. But man, listen, give them a fighting chance to honor God with their lives as they see you honor them through the life that God has given unto you. Man, that's all I got this morning. I pray that this would be beneficial to you. Understand the timing of God. Let faith and patience work on your behalf. Realize that through your humility, it'll lift you up. Think about, I mean, you think about Joseph. Joseph knew early on, but he had to humble himself. And all of the things that he went through got him to a place where when he saw his brother, brothers, he, he cried tears of joy to be able to connect with them once again. When he first got put in that pit, I think he probably would have wanted to kill them all. But how many know the process, praise God, of pursuing the will of God will humble you and get you to a place where you can operate in the love, the peace, and the joy of the Lord, and then you can do great exploits in the lives of others. Man, I pray this has blessed you today. It has been a blessing to me to share it with you as we complete this series, Living from the Inside Out and Allowing God to Be All That He Wants to Be in Our Lives. I thank you for joining this morning. But before we get off, let's prepare our hearts to give this morning. Man, we've had a powerful time here this morning in giving. And I want to encourage you, man, sow your end-of-the-year seed, praise God. Let that be a blessing to you today. Man, give your tithes, your offerings, your first fruit. Sow in the man or woman of God's life. Do whatever it is God is encouraging you to do today. And all of these vehicles, by way of our website at bbci.org, text to give by texting the word give to 256-670-1750, and also by downloading the Tidely app and selecting Bridge Builders Church International. You can utilize all those vehicles to give this morning. If you want to mail in your gift, you can mail it in to P.O. Box 1343, Decatur, Alabama. That's BBCI, P.O. Box 1343, Decatur, Alabama, 35602. That's our post office box. 
you want to mail it directly here to the ministry, you can mail it to 1801 Beltline Road, Building 300, and that's Decatur, Alabama, uh, praise God, 35601, if you want to mail it to our church address. But man, we just thank God for you today, being a part of our lives, a part of our ministry, and I want to say to you, Merry Christmas. I pray that things are working well for you and that the blessing of God be yours and the favor of God opens doors that can never be closed. Praise God. Listen, if you're not born again, I want to pray for you this morning and pray with you that you would receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. So if that's you this morning and you desire to walk in this newness of life, you desire to live life at another level and live from the inside out, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I come before you and I repent of my sins. I cleanse you. I ask that you cleanse me and make me whole. And I declare that Jesus is Lord of my life. I believe in my heart that he was raised from the dead. And according to your scriptures, I am saved. If you believe that this morning, boy, you are born again and I declare you're blessed. Now, Getting born again is great, but you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well. And so if you're born again, the Bible says in Luke chapter 11 and verse 13 that all you have to do is ask God and he will fill you with his Holy Spirit. So let us pray and ask God and you too will be filled with the Holy Ghost. Pray with me. Say, Father God, as a born again believer, I come unto you asking that you fill me with your Holy Spirit by faith. I believe it, by faith I receive it, and it is done in Jesus' name. Now, here's what I want to encourage you. Those of you born again, you're filled with the Spirit of God, I want, you, I want to encourage you to find a Bible-believing church. Get somewhere where you can be taught, trained, and developed in the things of God, and I believe God will show you things to come and prepare you for all that he has in store for your life. So, if that's at Bridge Builders, man, come. We're inside, outside, free conference call. We're on live Facebook, Instagram. We're trying to do as much as we possibly can to make sure you get the word. Praise God. But find a church somewhere. Join our e-church. Just join us online. But feel free to come. We're practicing social distancing and temperature checks and face masks. We're doing all that to make sure you stay safe during this pandemic. But you need the word of God. You need a family of believers to corral around you and to, to uplift you and pray for you. I want to be your pastor, and I want to help be a part of God's plan for your life. Listen, my time is up, man. Thank you for yours this morning, and I just pray that all is well for you, and I declare the blessing of God will be upon you during these holiday seasons. I declare you're safe and sound, and that there, there is a hedge of protection to keep you in the way of God. And I declare coronavirus and no other sickness or disease has any authority over your life. I declare you're healed, and I declare you are whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget, sow your end-of-the-year seed, man. Sow a big, bountiful seed. Get you a big, bountiful harvest. And watch God do tremendous things in your life. In Jesus' name. I'm Pastor Darius Creighton. I approve this message. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. And give God praise, glory, and honor all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you on Tuesday and Wednesday, 7 o'clock, and also 7.30 on Wednesday night. God bless you. See you.